We are in this Psalm 119, and we're going to spend, uh, it's going to work out to be about 14 weeks in Psalm 119, which may seem like an impossible thing for me to get through that long of a psalm that quickly, but I'll, I'll show you how we're doing through it. But either way, um, I'm really, really excited about this, and, and specifically because in, in line with our maturity journey, I have this, this kind of feeling that specifically as a church, and I see this in my own life as well, is that um, in a lot of ways when it comes to the scripture, the word of God, we're, we're somewhat spiritually anemic. And maybe to give you a little bit more graphic uh, image, if we've all seen the horrific and terrible images. Electronics don't want to work today, and that's okay with me. Um, we've seen the horrific um, images of, of children starving around the world. And you can't, if you've ever seen anything where someone's trying to help or encourage you to support them, you've seen the, 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 just the, the, the sadness that comes from that starving little children, that star- starving little child. And the reality is, is that I think only, and the reason why I give you that image is because I think a lot of us are walking around fully grown adults with really great hair and really great clothes, but internally we are spiritually starving. Inter- internally, our, 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 the, the, what's going on in us is just as horrific as an image as those starving children. And it comes specifically around the scripture. It comes from what we believe and how we sit and how we posture ourselves under the scripture. And the reality is, that I, as I have conversation after conversation or pray for people all the time, one of the things that I keep wrestling with when I come to this is, is two very big things that come about the scripture. First is, we don't view its authority as, as final. God's word is not final authority in our life. In fact, great help or great line to kind of look at every now and then and navigate, maybe find some ways to get our lives to be a little bit more comfortable or sustaining. And then the other aspect is that we don't really view its sufficiency. And most of us wouldn't say that out loud. We wouldn't say that we don't follow the authority of Scripture and we don't see its sufficiency. But, but practically what happens in both of those situations, when, when someone lovingly says to you or the Scriptures confront you on something, you're like, oh man, that's really great. I wonder if... Con- context is, is there, if, if like maybe there's a culture difference there, we try, and, we try and skate around things in hopes that it makes us feel a little bit better. And a lot of times it's, it's based on our feelings. That just doesn't feel right, so I'm just going to ignore that. And the reason why I say sufficiency is a lot of us don't see it as sufficient because most of the time when something goes wrong in our lives or when we need answers, we don't turn to the scriptures. We turn to someone else's view of scripture. And so my hope is, my hope is over the next, really it's 11 weeks with the two serve Sundays in there and, and then um, one family service, but my hope is over the next 11 weeks as, as me and others from here speak out of this psalm, that what would happen in our hearts is that you would, you would you'd fall in love with Scripture again. And, and look, I, I understand that the Scriptures are incredibly complex. There's so many things in there you read, you're like, I have no idea what that means and I, I don't get it. But at the root of it, it it's supposed to be joyful. I had this really fun video of my son clapping that I was going to show you today. And literally all I was doing is clapping his hands and he's belly laughing because he thinks it's so silly that he's clapping his hands. And it's one of those like, you know, when a, when a 10-month-old child belly laughs, you can't help but laugh, right? And that was the video I was going to show you because I think ultimately what comes down to is when we look at the scriptures, that should be the joy we have from the simplicity of its truth. When we come to scripture, it shouldn't be like, oh, I got to get through this reading plan or I'm just behind or I'm behind again on the behind or I had one friend tell me this last week I loved it. He's like, man, I've read the first two books of, of the Bible so many times because I started yearly plans and I always tap out about second book in. <laughs> All right? 
And the reality is, is that we, we, we don't. We spend more time reading blogs or Facebook or anything else. We like articles, people that talk about it. But where, where, where's God's word speaking to you? Debbie called me this last week and she called me specifically just to share, hey, I was reading the scripture, listen to this. I love that. And my hope and desire is that all of us would have that desire to just be in God's word and let it, let it wash over you in a way that you've never seen before, never experienced before. As you mature, you're going to need the scriptures. One scholar said, a church father says it this way. He says, he that shall read it, speaking about the scriptures, considerately, it will either warm him or shame him. The scriptures are going to bring about a polarizing response. You're either going to find yourself desiring more or you're going to find yourself running because you can't take the shame of what it's pointing out in your life that isn't submitted to it. And so as we study this psalm, it was very specific. And why we picked this one was because it is the most repetitive psalm out there. I mean, it is so repetitive. It says the same thing a hundred different ways in 170, 176 verses. Over and over and over again. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about this psalm. But again, I want to remind us, 2 Timothy 3.16, not on the slides for you, says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training. In what? In righteousness. In, in righteousness. That, that righteousness is ours in Christ. And so when we, when we approach the scriptures, when we see the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, there should be some response. And I'm not talking about just an emotional response, although that will happen. But there should be a response. Your, 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 your heart should thirst and hunger for it. So my hope is, as we look at the scriptures, as we dig into this Psalm 119, over the next 11 weeks that you guys would fall in love with scripture. Today is going to be very much kind of like a, take your, your glasses and notes, we're going to get a kind of a little bit of information about this, like about this psalm, mainly because I feel like we have to understand the context of what's going on before we dive in specifically to it, but then I'm just going to prepare you right now, are you ready for this? In just a little bit, we're going to read through this entire psalm. Some of you are like, whoa, that's a long psalm. You're right, it is, but we're going to read as, as, a, as, a, as a community here. Because God's word is powerful and living and active and it does something to us when we uh, submit ourselves to it. It's amazing what his word does for us. But a, a couple things that we should know about this psalm. Psalm 119, we don't know the author. Some want to give it to David, but there's a lot of reasons why it's not. So it's just kind of, most scholars agree this psalm is, is a psalmist. Um, the word psalm is actually a song. Most of you, the problem is when we read psalms, we're like, oh my gosh, there's repetitive and so long, they're, they're actually meant to be sung, praises. And so when you come to the Psalms, it should, it should break you out in song and like dance with it. You know, like you're, you're reading the Psalm, it's a song. In the 176 verses in the Psalm, it's the longest chapter in the entirety of the Bible. In the 176 verses, every single verse makes reference to God. Every single one either says him or his name. Every single verse in this one. What's unique about this one, and we've got to remember this, is that, is that the author that, that wrote this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and by, inspired by God writing this out, he, he wrote it to the Hebrew alphabet. That's what those little words before each one that you're looking at is the 22 letters to the Hebrew alphabet, which is incredibly important for us to understand for a couple of reasons. One is, think about it this way. If you were a little Hebrew child learning Hebrew, you have scripture for every single letter to learn. And at least I made the, the 
Like we, we sing, we sing the alphabet. We, we learned our alphabet by singing. Well, the, the, most of these children would know this psalm by heart. The longest chapter in the Bible was most likely memorized by every other student of God's word in the first century and before. So, so this psalm is, is, is on this. Now what's unique about that is every single letter that it starts with, every verse in that eight verses starts with that letter. So it doesn't make sense in our, in our English, but when you, when you look at it through its original Hebrew, if, the, if the, the alphabet letter was A, then every other word that that letter started, or every verse started, it started with A, which kind of limits your creativity if you think about it. If you're trying to write, if you ever tried to write a poem and you're like, I need something to rhyme, you can only come up with like a, a, like a Dr. Seuss word because it just doesn't work anymore. But it's done intentionally because this word is supposed to be memorized. It's supposed to be known. Think about if you could know just this psalm as well as you know the ABCs. Psalm 119 is incredibly memorizable. It's, it's like a song. And most of you, you know what? You're like, I just can't memorize. I'm that way. I'm terrible at memorization. I really am. And I would say that this works for everyone else but me. I can't even remember songs, okay? So don't even try me. Like, I can't remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, none of it would ever come to me on my own. But most of us, our minds, we find a way to memorize stuff. And usually it's because we find value in what it is, or we enjoy doing it. I enjoy this song, so I sing it over and over and over again. Well, you enjoy scripture, you're going to read it, study it, learn from it, apply it over and over and over again. In this psalm, one of the things that's um, important for us to understand is that is that because it is memorizable and because it is alphabetical, is that realistically, the author is trying to bring about something profound to us, which is that scripture isn't meant to just be read. It isn't meant to just be read. It isn't just meant to be memorized. It's meant to be applied to our lives. And one of the things you find in this, in this psalm that's so beautiful is that there are about, depending upon your version you're reading, about nine or ten different ways in which they speak to God's law. He uses, he uses nine or ten different words through it. And so I want to just hit them. And, and what's unique about this words is that what this psalm does more than anything is it applies and shows the authority of God's word in our life. And, and the psalmist does it by nine different versions. He says, he says God's law nine different ways in this. And I want to just hit them real quick. The word law, which is the main synonym, it's used 25 times. This is for teaching. Okay, this law reveals God's will for how his people are to live. Since it comes from God, the law is not just for academic interest, but for obedience as well. Testimonies is another word. It's used 10 times in this psalm alone, meaning to bear witness. It points to the dependability of the Bible bearing witness of who God is. 10 different times in this psalm alone. Ways, seven times. It's referring to God's ways, a characteristic manner of acting. Precepts. 21 times, meaning to oversee or pay close attention to. Um, matter points to the particular instruction of the Lord as one who cares about detail. Statutes, 22 times. Statutes is shown up in here. comes from a word meaning to engrave in stone, and thus they speak of the binding force and permanence of Scripture. Commandments points to the straight authority of what is said. Judgments or ordinances, that's the same Hebrew word. It's used 23 times, those two words showing that the idea that God is rooted in justice is God's character. And then word, 23 times is spoken for the term of emphasizing the fact that it's a spoken word. 
God's word is spoken to us. And then word used 19 times, same word for us, but it's a different Hebrew word there. It actually speaks of God's promises. God's promises. And then we see references to God's faithfulness in this. We see God's trustworthiness in this. We see God's love in this. We see God almost as whole as you can if you were to separate out the entire scripture. And just in this one psalm, we see how good and how amazing God is. And as the, the psalmist talks about this, he talks about being under stress. He talks about at times that, like enemies coming at him, but he never once complains about following God's law. Show of hands, I'm kidding, don't put it up. But how many times do you complain about following God's law? Maybe not outwardly, but you know what your heart's saying. Man, if I just didn't follow the Lord, I could do this. If no one would notice, maybe I would do that. But a lot of times I feel like we're that pouty three-year-old saying, yes, mom, right, to God's laws. We're not really enjoying his law. The psalmist does not love the laws itself. He loves the God who gave the laws. And because of his love for his God, love for, for our God, it brings about a love for what God calls and commands of us. It's incredibly powerful and beautiful. This psalm is, is, meant, is meant to bring about a change in our hearts. If you could read this psalm and, and say, I will believe just one of the stanzas, the strophes, the eight, eight verses, just one, and say, I'm going to believe everything in here, you will find yourself believing two things, that God's word is fully authoritative in my life and is fully sufficient, just in each grouping of eight verses. You will find yourself submitting to that. So how we're going to get through this scripture in, in 11 weeks is we're going to do it through a chiastic structure. Now, again, I told you a little bit of geeky, okay? So chiastic structure is something that we found in scriptures all over. Um, I had a verse to show you it, but basically um, a chiastic structure is a literary device with a sequence ideas presented and then repeated in reverse form. So what that means specifically is, is saying something one way and then saying it the exact same way in reverse order, okay? And so I, it would have been a lot easier to show you, but we're going to go without it. So just visualize for me for a second, okay? So Matthew 23, 12 is a very, very short chiastic verse, okay? They're all over in the scripture. There's longer ones too, and we'll talk about it in a second. Matthew 23, 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, comma, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted, did you see how that worked? Opposites, okay? And a true, true chiastic form that we see, we see them in Joel and, and Mark and a couple other ones, they basically work it out where they have A, B, C, X, C, B, A. Okay, so A, B, and C and C, B, and A are saying the exact same thing in reverse order, but X is what everything is focused on. That's the point. What A, B, and C and C, B, and A are trying to do is, is bring about more truth of what X is. Okay, does that make sense? Everyone following me here? This is so much easier with a diagram, I promise. Okay? So, so ultimately, when we see this, and they are all over the scriptures. Some want to say that there's hundreds. Some want to say that there's a few hundred, like whatever. We see chiastic structure happening in the scripture all over. Okay? We see it all over. What's so beautiful and profound and amazing is that a lot of times we take verses that aren't in that, or that are written in that structure, and we focus in on B or C. And so we're missing what God is maybe trying to say to us through the focal point of it. So it's very, very important.
to understand this. Um, you guys can go read on it. It's lots of fun there later on. <laughs> Have fun with that. But what we're going to do is I asked Dr. Voorhees. He's, uh, he's actually the president at Boise Bible College. He's helped and taught here a lot. I asked him to help me put this into it. And so he helped me put the entirety of Psalm 119 into a mock chiastic structure. So it's not actually written that way. So some of you are like, oh, well, why are we doing it that way? Well, what I wanted to do is two things, is, is verses 81 and verses 89. If you want to, you can turn there and look with me. Um, there's two things that happen at the beginning of this, of, of both of these structures. We see in, in verse 81, it says, my, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. We see that in there. And then in verse 89, the beginning of that one, we see, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. And so we see two very, very key things in the scripture here. We see in, in these two Psalms, we see upheld life by the scripture and eternal life by the scripture, pointing to the, what the work of Jesus Christ has done for us. If you need a Bible, slip your hands up. In fact, I would encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have your phone or whatever else it may be, get a Bible because we're going to read this entire Psalm in just a second. So what we're going to say and what we're doing is what we've, what we've put this two together is what we're going to hit. You're going to hit next week or two weeks from now because we don't have service next week. It's two weeks from now. We're going to Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8 and then 169 through 174. And we're going to put those two together. And what we found is we found some, some overarching themes that come to it. Purity and peace. Obedience and faith. And we've seen those kind of come together. All of them working in the structure of the scripture where we can say with ease, again, it's us pushing this system on this, but it's either way, is that ultimately what, what we could take from this psalm is that we'd understand that, that God is who upheld, upholds our life and that eternal life comes through God alone. And that's ultimately what God is speaking to in the scriptures here. He's speaking to his salvation and his eternal life that comes from that. And so that's why we're going to do it through this little chiastic structure, chiastic structure. And, and the reason, again, is that we're going to find, I think, a lot of truths because there's so much repetition in this scripture. So much repetition. You'll hear it as we read it right now. That you'll see that as we start working through it this way, you'll actually, hopefully, that you'll actually, you'll actually find yourself memorizing it intentionally. You'll find your, your heart being desiring it more. You'll find when you sit down at night to read, instead of looking for that great romance novel, you find yourself inclined to want to read Psalms. Instead of turning on Netflix, you find yourself going, man, I, I want to know a little bit more of God's word today. That's my hope, my desire. We also created a couple different things. These are challenges for you, and I understand that this can be difficult for some of us in the middle of the year, but we wanted to give you um, two reading plans, which are on the slide, again, like I said, we had lots of things for the slide today. I normally don't. This is perfect. Um, um, two reading plans that we emailed out to you as a person that comes to Revolution 22. So if you did not receive an email from us, we don't have your email or your email thinks we're junk. So either way, you've got to decide and let us know if you want that. But we emailed out the reading plans. There's two that we created. One is to read the entirety of the book of Psalms through the next 14 weeks. We have readings every single day broken up so that by the end of our study through this psalm, you'll have read the entirety of the book of Psalms. Now, I understand some of you are already in reading plans. Like myself, I was like, man, I've got a couple going on, so that's a lot. So we wanted to give you something extra, kind of extra credit to do. The entirety of Psalm 119, just over the 14 weeks. And we have a shorter version that we've given both. So we have both of these reading plans. What we're going to do is we're going to put them up on our Facebook every single week, the reading for that week. So you'll see it there. But we also emailed it out to you, and if you want to get that, you can, you can bug us. Um, and then um, 
we can get you reading along with us and hopefully memorizing this psalm. We're going to actually read this psalm now. So if you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, turn to Psalm 119. Um, we're going to have a couple different readers. Now, I understand this. I wanted to kind of talk about this real quickly. Is some of us, um, we think about reading this psalm all in one sitting. Like, you're already going, dude, my mind is going to be so gone. Like, I'm already thinking about what I'm eating at the barbecue or how I'm going to play this game or whatever it may be. Like, you've, your mind has just kind of have rotated on that. My, my, my push and my pressure is, is don't let yourself do that. And some of you are like, well, I can't just listen to someone read. Well, then follow along. Well, I don't, what if I don't like Danny's voice? Well, that's a possibility, but just, like, just, just tune it out. <laughs> no, my, my, my hope is that you would, you would meditate on this. Some of you, you just need to sit, maybe even prostrate yourself down before the Lord and say, I just need these words to fall on me. Because when you got that picture of that starving child, you realize that ultimately you're that starving person. You don't, you don't want to admit it, but you know that realistically in your heart, you're like, man, the God's word has no authority in my life, has no sufficiency. I don't find myself desiring it at all. Some of you, this is, this is exciting for you. And I, I want to just encourage you, like, talk to people about that. Not in some prideful way, but talk about the joy. Because, because, of, because of my position, it's so fun. I get to hear about people that are excited about God's word. I get calls about people that are excited about God's word. That is such a, a contagious thing. And so I would encourage you to read with them. As we read, maybe some of you, you need to um, believe this truth for the first time. Maybe you just need to hear it, meditate on it. Some of you, you need to submit to it, wherever it is. But as they read, just would you please join us and, and read through this psalm one time today and then continue to read through the psalms over the next 14 weeks as we do this. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, your word is sufficient for us. Your word is good. God, your word is the ultimate authority. Lord, may we find joy in submitting ourselves to your laws. God, may we never be postured in a prideful spot of trying to question your laws, but instead just find ourselves joyfully submitting to it. God, for those of us in the room here that, that even as I've mentioned starvation of the word or even as I've talked about reading through the word, they're still not finding themselves in any way, shape, or form desiring anything of your word. God, I pray that you'd wreak havoc on their hearts. I pray that just one word would just grab their heart today as these guys read. I pray that as we, as we submit ourselves to your truth, to your word, Lord, I pray that you'd make much of your son Jesus Christ through our lives. I thank you so much, God, that you've, you've upheld us. You've upheld your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you bring eternal life through Jesus Christ. Something that your scriptures point to from the beginning to the end. So, Lord, as we... As we fall into this psalm. As we read through this psalm, God, may this not be just us going through the motions. May this be another step in our maturity journey. May we find ourselves inclined to you. May we find our hearts inclined to your ways. May we find our ears attuned to your voice. May we find our minds saturated with your scripture where we, we can't even remember a single day where we weren't making a decision that wasn't followed out by your spirit or led by your spirit, followed through your scripture, submitted to your Lord you as Lord. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. 
Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes, and your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared and turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts and in your righteousness give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame. For I find delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, that I have kept your precepts. 
The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all of my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. And the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me, according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame, because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation, and I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise, and I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me, and they do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. And in your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by then you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The look that are your testimonies, more than the aged of your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And though your precept, through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked had laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield, and I hope in your word. 
Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies, and my flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust, because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules, and great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope 
for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth your praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Lord, we lift this up to you. Um, It is a prayer you have taught us. Lord, will you give us continually the rest that comes from simply being in your word. Father, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters now. Father, will you please lead them to that rest today? I pray we would be motivated by something deeper than just human motivation and that our strength would be found in you. Here we are. Lord, will you continue to bless us and will you continue to save us from the things and snares we find ourselves in. And God, your word is more beautiful than any language ever spoken. We love you, Jesus. Let me pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.